finishing up on our spiritual healthy habits uh, month. And I just want to point out that usually when someone says, let me tell you about some habits I have. They're usually negative habits. We don't think of, oh, I've got some great habits. But we need to change that thinking. We need to set ourselves up for success because what usually happens if you have an ongoing bad habit is it usually end up anything good for you. The answer is no. You can't say, this is my bad habit. I'm expecting something good from it. Bad habits cost us money. Bad habits cost us relationships. So what is the opposite of that? Good habits should bring relationships should help us to make money, save money, be healthier. That's a good habit. Now, people make, I think you have to make a habit to eat better. You know, because I don't like it. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's healthy. You mean it has no calories? Yes, that's what I really mean. Has no flavor? That's it. We're going to talk about uh, healthy habits, and they're habits that, I'm not going to share anything that, if you've been a believer for any period of time, that you haven't heard. But I so want to say it in a way that it knocks down some prejudices, some forethoughts. To put it in such a way that you're going, that makes sense. I I never thought of it that way. Because if you change your attitude towards some of the things that I'm going to mention, which is this, God's voice, God's ear, God's body. I, Peter and I, Pastor Peter and I tried to do a card stock in the copier. We were going to have you put those three statements on your car. But we couldn't get the printer to print it. So, nah. Uh, <laughs> You're going to have to put it in your phone or something. But we're going to talk about those three things, and they're simple. The whole idea that everyone can remember God's voice, God's ear, God's body. And when you make it a habit, see, I've made that a habit for 48 years. And what has happened is good things. But I've put it in such a simple way. I was having a discussion with a pastor in Ireland and uh, he was trying to, I, I, I was doing a seminar at the church, and he was trying to tell me, he goes, well, you know, uh, I studied the same thing that, that you're teaching on, <clears throat> and I would liken it to the jewels in the priest coat that he wears, and each one represents this. And I said, oh, he actually told me, he goes, you know, my, my teaching is much, much more complex and deeper. I said, you know what, you know, you know what's, genius is in America? He goes, what? I go, taking something complex and making it simple. I said, you're, t- you're taking something simple and you're making it complex and they think it makes it richer. No. Making the complex simple that we understand it is genius. And that's my attempt. And that's, that's the habit that, that I and I try to encourage other people to do is that every day that you hear God's voice, you have God's ear, and you're a part of God's body. Are you ready? And I think I have it again right here. <clears throat> God's voice. Now, here's one of those things that you've got to realize. People are going, yeah, I, 
my goal this year is to read one verse every morning. You know, and you read something, you know, in Ezekiel or something, and you go, that just doesn't really make sense. Let me put it another way. For the word of God, the word of God is alive and active. That's what the Bible says in Hebrews. It's alive. Instead of going, oh, here's some dead words. Oh, here's something that was written 2,000 years. No, you need to realize that if you just read the scripture, Jesus wept. Because it's alive, it can mean something that you're going through at that moment or what you're getting ready to go through. And tomorrow you can read the same scripture and you can get another interpretation of it. And and, and let me put it this way. It's like, I mean, we do it. Uh, You ask somebody going, hey, uh, have uh, have, have you been... Loving your wife? Yeah. Okay. Have you been loving or respecting your life? Yeah. Did I say something different? The same word, but it, 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 because of the inflection, because of where I'm at, came out differently. God's word is alive like that. The scripture goes, oh, I know that scripture well. <laughs> but do you know it today? Have you heard his voice? See, that's the difference between reading it and hearing his voice. It's going to hit you different every day. There's pastors that said, you know, they've, they've taught for 50 years, and they said, I've never taught on anything other than John 3.16. Yet they have thousands of different messages. What is God's voice? Because his word isn't just written on words, you know, on a piece of paper. It's alive and active, and that's how you need to open yourself to see God's written word. Now, can he speak to you? Yes, he can. But you know what? He's got no, I I kind of feel that he's got nothing to say to me audibly until I've been walking in what he's written what he's prophesied, what he said is going to be. I mean, we can go into scriptures and read prophecy, things that he hasn't even done yet, and yet we want to go speak to me audibly. And, this, and I'm not saying, because I believe that the Lord has spoken to me in the past audibly. But for the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even the dividing of the soul and the spirit, at, at the joints and the marrow. And, and what that's saying there is going, why would... Because... You have anyone, even a theologian, to explain to you the difference between the soul and the spirit. They go, man, are you speaking of your soul or your spirit right now? I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't. It says the word of God can divide it. It can take things that don't make sense to you, make sense to you. It can tell you, you know what? I know you really want this and it really sounds good, but that's your flesh. That's what it's saying. It goes, I... Through God's word, it can separate what you want in your flesh and what God wants in you. That's how important God's word is. And that's how powerful it is. You have to have that attitude that that little verse, that little chapter, whatever it is, you know, it didn't make sense to me, but it may later today. It may later this week. So every day, I've got to have God's voice. It's got to be speaking. And it's doing things in me 
that I don't always know. I don't receive. Well, the Lord constantly speaks to us and gives us his direction because the word of God is there on your phone. You can get it. You, uh, in fact, um, Bible Gateway is the one I have. If I don't want to read it, every morning it emails me. And there's, there's probably hundreds of these. Every morning it emails me with the verse or the chapter of the day. And if I don't have time to read it, if I'm driving, I can hit a button and it reads it to me. You know, and I ask people, I said, how much, are you hearing God's voice? No, I'm not hearing God's voice. I'm going, it's on your phone. And, you know, and, and they're on their phone 12 hours a day. Going, I don't know, God speak to me. Oh, I got a text. You know, everyone, everyone in the world and people you don't even want to talk to you are on your phone and you're reading it. It's right there. The Bible says that we're going to be standing before him one day without excuse. I want you to hear right now without excuse. This is called a habit. It is done over and over again. It's just what you are. You're like, well, that's just how my family is. We, we've never been you know, this or that. Why don't you get a good habit? You know, it's possible. It's possible to have a good habit, to form these habits. Well, Romans, faith comes from hearing the message and the message is heard through the word about who? Christ. Whenever whenever you hear Jesus' words, they're prophetic, they're commands. You grow from hearing the message. You just push the button. You know, just today's scripture. Beep. And there it is. And it's something that's being said and alive. If you receive it, that's up to you. If you understand it, you know, that's up to the Holy Spirit. But you have to hear God's voice as a habit. It changes you because it's alive. It's not dead. Something that's alive moves. It breathes. That is alive. You put that alive in your, in, into your life. Well, <clears throat> also, your word is a lamp for my feet and a light unto my path. I like this. Um, I used to drive a Triumph TR3. That's that, a, a Triumph car. And it has this door that's about this big and it goes down like that. You just kind of step into it. And it had these huge Michelin tires on it. And now there's no power steering in cars that age. If you're sitting in a stoplight and you, you decide, oh, I think I want to turn right. You don't move. You can't turn that car unless the car is moving. Okay, it's kind of like a golf cart. A golf cart is hard, you know, things that don't have power steering and that may be hard to understand. But the, what I like about this verse is it goes, your word is a lamp for my feet, a light unto my path. You know what? It's far easier to 
have God con- you know, direct you if you're moving. If you're moving, it's so much easier for God. For the person sitting there going, Lord, I'm going to just stay here until you speak to me. God's having a hard time to move you because your feet aren't moving. To the best of your ability, walk to the light. Walk to what leading you have. And God, I, was, I had a, a pastor come to me and he didn't like something that was happening, a decision. A couple was getting married and he didn't like that they came from different stations in life. That one was one color, one was another color. And he said to me, he goes, you've got to stop that. That's it's going to cause problems. I've seen this all the time. I said, yes, there are cultural problems. I said, my son-in-law is Scottish. I said, he culturally is different. Odd. He calls soccer football. He likes soccer. He's culturally a misfit in my family. And he says, yes, but you've got to point out these things to him. I said, I said, I cannot and I will not. I said, what I can do is I can put my hand in the small of their back and help guide them. They can fight it. But if I turn them to something that's wise, they'll believe that they discovered it on their own. I cannot force anyone in or out of marriage. If you're moving to what you think is right, what you, and you're getting God's word, it's a light. If I'm receiving God's word, I've got, a, I've got a light, and if I'm moving, his hand is gently in the small of my back and can turn me. And many of the times that you think you decided for yourself, no, that was God speaking you through his word because it's in you and it's alive. It's just making sense. That's why it's a habit. People want the, you know, the, <clears throat> I want the gospel grenade. You pray for something and go, gospel grenade, go off in me. He moves you by the small of your back because you're constantly getting an alive word in you. The gospel grenade doesn't, doesn't happen. You know, it's like, <laughs> although I wish it would, it just, doesn't. So, so and, and, and we don't need to spend a lot of time because that makes sense. Let's go on. God's ear. James 1, 5. You know what God's ear? Now, now that he has spoken to you, he wants you to speak to him in prayer. This is the beginning of relationship. When people say they have a relationship with someone, let me just, okay, someone at work, they talk. You go to lunch with them. You spend time with them. You, they talk constantly. You say nothing. Do you have a relationship with them? No. You don't feel like you have a relationship. You only start a relationship when you've heard them and they said, and they hear you. So you have God's voice now. You need to have God's ear. And God says, you have my ear. Talk to me. Talk to me. If anyone lacks wisdom, you should... Ask God. That's talking. Who gives? How does he give? Woo! 
to all without finding fault. This is such a positive thing. I can't ask God that. I've not, I've not been a good person. Oh, I said this yesterday. Oh, I hate them. I, did, I lied. I've... He doesn't find fault. Why aren't we asking? He doesn't find fault. He wants relationship. And when people come in for counseling and they tell me something horrible that they've done in their life, I look at them and I pretty much say this every time when they confess something they've done that's horribly wrong. I say, thank you. They go, why? I go, because you expressing this thing in your life to me tells me you trust me. And so they've just exposed something that they've done horrible in their life and they're expecting to, you know, you, well, you shouldn't have done it. Yes, that's the reason you're going to lose your wife, your husband, you know. No, I thank them for being honest about their shortcoming because they trust me. God doesn't find fault. He doesn't find fault when you ask you see, too often when you pray, you're running from something, something that you've done, something you said, something that's chasing you. Oh, Lord, help me. Oh, Lord, I'm so sorry. Oh, dear God, I don't know why I did it. <laughs> when you start to get in the habit of hearing God's voice and having God's ear, you stop always running from something and you turn around and you start running to something. You start running to the person that God wants you to be, who he said that you are. And one of the questions I have in, you know, for the small groups is, how much of your prayer time is running from something? Because that shows me something. I mean, we do have to ask and we have to run away from things that have captured us or we've done. But how much of your prayer time is running to something? Oh, you, oh, Lord. You, you are my God. You've called me. It's so quiet in here, you should have just said, ouch. That's a good indicator. Ah. Uh, Look at, ask, seek, knock. That's running too. Would you agree? Instead of running from? Oh, Lord, oh, oh, don't let them get me. Don't let this happen. Don't let this, don't let them arrest me. <laughs> ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receives. This is faith. That's faith. You know, okay, this is how it works. Well, I asked and it didn't happen. Will it happen tomorrow? No. If you ask, because this is a, just a change in, in you. You ask, receive it. It's, gonna, it's mine. If you ask, receives. The one who seeks, finds. You know, I just want you to know the, the whole idea of, we've all played hide and seek, okay? Let's play hide and seek. I've played hide and seek that went on for hours as a child because the guy was a really good hider. You know? You know, and when it was my turn to hide, it was like, gosh, they haven't found me in an hour. 
I found out they all went home. <laughs> they couldn't find me to tell me the game was over. And that's really, that's really happened to me. <laughs> but the whole idea is this. He who seeks finds you going, okay, I'm coming. Oh, there it is. Seek takes time, takes effort, takes movement. You know, one says, I'm going to find this answer. can't find it unless you move. Wow. The one who knocks the door will be opened. There's a $5 bet that I am going to go over on this message and I'm going to get. You better be reaching in your wallet and you know who you are. Pastor Peter's never given me the right motivation to end on time, see? He's never offered me money, but someone offered me money. (laughs) I think they didn't have breakfast today. You know know what, these scriptures, you've heard them. You should have heard them. You've read them. But just that little change of attitude makes all the difference in your life. If you remain in me and my words. You see, there's people who oh, I just so love Jesus. I just so love Jesus. When was the last time you read his words? I get around to it. I, I, you know, no, here's what it really is. Yes. Well, it's not, you know, I've been meaning to. Good intentions is the road to hell. I've been meaning to. It says, if you remain, that is in the presence. This is a habit. This is a habit that you do daily. If you remain in me, I love Jesus. Oh, that's easy to do. It's just in your brain. And my words remain in you. For me to be in Christ, there's a conversation going on. For him, his words to be remaining in me, it's him talking to me. Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done. Hallelujah. Ask whatever you wish. Remaining is relationship. My, My wife's not here today, but guess what? I'm in a relationship. She talked to me today. I talked to her. She prayed for me before I came. It's her birthday. I said, happy birthday. See, I talked to her. <laughs> That's relationship. It's, and relationship doesn't happen once a week. We're talking about habits. Now... Here's the bulk of the message. God's body, and we're talking about the body of Christ. Hebrews 10.28, don't give up. It says it in more places than this. But it says, here's the first thing. Don't give up meeting together. Don't, you can't leave it. As some are in the habit, we're talking about habits of doing, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching as 
difficult, hard times and judgment is coming. You cannot live the Christian life. You cannot follow the commands. I, I, list, I went through and, and listed this week fifth, over 50 commands that you cannot complete if you're not in the body of Christ. The easiest study, there's 49, it says to one another. It goes, greet one another with a holy kiss. Encourage one another. I can't do that unless I'm with the body. It goes, confess your sins once another that you may be healed. There's 49 of them. And unless you are in an active community of believers, it does not happen. You are not doing the word of God. That is commanded in the New Testament. So don't do what, it's, it's, it's the habit of so many. And we find them falling off. I cannot tell you how many people said, well, you know, um, we, we, they use it. Oh, this, when we left the church and moved to this place or that place, you know, we just couldn't find a church like this one. Now my kids are gone astray. This has happened in our life. It's like, what do you think? If it was just a community of believers getting together to encourage one another, to be that, 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 that thing that keeps you from making that wrong decision. Well, and I, I'm t I know I t I'm talking to the club here. Y'all are here today. But <laughs> <clears throat> wow. Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the faith should restore them. Do you know how many people have left because, well, I've just disappointed everyone. Oh, I, that's in your brain. Those who live by the Spirit says we restore them. We don't recognize, we don't recognize that they didn't do anything wrong, but we restore them. People leave the church because, well, I've sinned. I've, you know, I've got a drinking problem. I got a drug problem. I got this. I'm divorced. I'm. There's no excuse. You know, if you ask the average person who goes to a church, and, and this is really the crux of it, if you ask someone, because people ask me all the time, you're going, what's different? You, I mean, your whole family is serving the Lord. Your grandkids are serving the Lord. It, well, how did you do that? How did, how did you come up with this? You know, what program is it? Because so, if you ask somebody who goes going to an active church and you say, hey, so um, what's, what's your church all about? And man, they've got, <clears throat> they'll show you a mission schedule. They'll tell you what they've built. They'll tell you this teaching program. They'll, you, they'll give you, a, I mean, mission statements. Everyone loves mission statements. You know, what's your mission statement? You know, and that is fine. We have a mission statement. We have programs. We do all that. But at the end of the day, it, the, the, the church should not be judged by how active it is in things but how active it is in growing character Amen. in growing character I, I, I uh, have apostolic 
oversight of church in Ireland. And, and then someone from Scotland asked me the same question. He goes, how is it that we were this church and it was going so good and we changed leadership, we changed the pastor, we changed the board, and it all's gone to crap. It's because then they're so gifted. They are the best teachers. People follow talents, charisma. God made it very clear. He wants us to follow character. This is what I believe has been our goal because a, a church that's gifted is one generational. Because when that person disappears with that gift, it's over. Maybe two generations. But to be a multi-generational church is because you're growing children with character. And they take it on, as many of you have taken it on. The, 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 the whole aspect of character over gifting. Gifting's important. Don't get me wrong. But we need to see the church from a higher perspective a higher view than just what we're getting done. And, we, and like I said, there's nothing wrong with the mission statements. There's nothing wrong with, with putting money into that. But ultimately, it's character. The church's role, what it does, is dependent on its character, what it is. You can have every high, lofty thing. It's just like when you got married, you had high, but your character couldn't support being married to someone that's this way. So it doesn't matter what your goals were, they fall apart. Uh, the, 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 this is a, a character-oriented perspective instead of an achievement-oriented perspective. People think their church is healthy because they're achieving a whole lot. And we've, we've heard it. But one thing is if you're ever proud of anything in this church, it needs to be the character. The character of the people. They believe that there is a holy presence that comes when you're walking in good character. Let me do this. We're going to close it up. All right, I'm going to ask you real quickly. Now, this is for deacons or overseers or leaders. A deacon, let me tell you, whenever you serve the people, you're back there serving coffee, you're a deacon, according to the scriptures. Because here's a trustworthy saying, whoever aspires to be an overseer or a deacon desires a noble task. Yay. Now, the overseer is to be above reproach. Is that char charisma or character? That's character. Faithful to his wife. Is that gifting? Or? Thank you. That's why I want to. Ah, temperate. This is the requirements of the leaders in the church. This is the requirement for those who serve. Where do we leave off? Up. Character. Character. Hospitable. Jared taught all that. Able to, oh, okay, warning. Able to teach. Gifting. 
That's a gift. You can have charisma. Not given to drunkenness. <laughs> not violent, but gentle. Not quarrelsome. Not a lover of money. He must manage his own family well and see that his children obey him. And he must do so in a manner worthy of full respect. I'm telling you, what is the Bible telling us? It's character. It's a man and woman of your word. It's someone who is running to something in prayer instead of always running away from something in prayer. If anyone does not know how to manage his own family, how can he take care of God's church? I think that's both. I think it's, there's a gift and, and, and character. He must not be a re, re, recent convert or he may become conceited like the devil. You know, the devil wanted to worship. That's why he fell from heaven. Conceited and fall under the same judgment as the devil. God's voice, God's ear, God's body. I, I would encourage you to put that somewhere on your phone, in your car, and that, that you see it every day. And every day becomes a habit of God's, God's word to me, my words to his ear. I participate in the body. Let's stand. Scriptures tell us that if we walk in the light as he's in the light, we have fellowship with one another. Wow. If you walk in God's truth, it says you will fellowship with other believers. First John chapter one, verse seven. Let's pray. Father, for those of us who've not had healthy spiritual habits, you say that we can come to you and ask for wisdom, and we are, and you find no fault in us. So we can boldly come before you. Lord, I want to hear your voice. That's my choice. I want to have your ear. You said, I have it if I'll do it. And you said that we need to be a part of your body. Once again, my choice. Father, you've done your, your part in making us alive and healthy. Now it's up to me. It's up to all of us to make that true in our life. We surrender to your word, the truth of it. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.